257. Hi, and welcome to today's podcast. On Friday, it was um, it's kind of sad. Bethany and Philip were saying goodbye to each other like they would never speak again. Aww. Did you ever see the, uh, well, what's it like when you get off of Zoom calls? Like when people are saying goodbye. I'm like, oh, I'm glad that shit's over. Oh, okay. Did you, <laughs> you ever see the, the, whether it's a video or a GIF or something? It's. Jesus Christ. It's like some old timey TV, like Leave it to Beaver stuff. They're all like trading goodbyes. Like, goodbye. goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Friday was like. Aww. Like, none of you are dying. I know. Um, That's funny. We have, uh, we have, we have some, well, we're on the clock with some news. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. We'll save the mistreatment of black people for later in the episode. (laughs) Especially with what I just read. What the hell? I know. I know. I know. (laughs) We'll, we'll save that for, because it's it's Monday, so there's weekend Mm -hmm. stuff. And, yeah, we'll save that. Although, what you just read is a bit of breaking news as well, but breaking is is relative and subjective. Um, right. Your your news that is time is of the, time is of the essence is you are waiting to hear back whether your offer has been accepted for your next dream home. Oh my gosh, yes! And as a matter of fact, if my realtor calls while we're on, I'm gonna have to like take that. But um, yeah, we are. Hopefully we'll hear something by the end of the day today. And I'm trying to be very level. I feel like I've been level-headed about this the entire time. Um, I got a very timely, like, nasty sinus infection all at the same time. So I sound like a man. You sound like you inhaled every dandelion on your lawn. <laughs> so I don't have allergies, but I just, like, it was warm. So we had to sleep with the air on. And within days, it was just over for me. So I got antibiotics as of this morning. And I should be okay. But yeah, so we made an offer. We finally pulled the trigger and made an offer. And um, we were told when the offer was submitted that they got tons of offers on this house. And so I'm just trying to be level-headed. I have a very bad habit of already starting to pick out my color scheme and like what I'm going to do in here, where I'm going to get my furniture from. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just like, you know, I really hope this happens. I'm just grateful we made an offer. We don't talk every second of the day, but I can definitely tell from my perspective, you have put the brakes on the longer this process has gone on. Like at the beginning, you were like me. And like like I was fortunate enough to get what all my offers were accepted. So I jumped in. As soon as I made the offer, the market wasn't what it is now then. Yeah. So I could start picking shit out. But you did that in the beginning and then you learned your lesson. Yeah, exactly. I I did that in the very beginning and then very quickly realized what was actually happening. So it's it's like scary at the same time. We did um, submit the letter and we got some positive feedback on that. And I don't know if they did that for other um, other buyers where they got an extra phone call. So I don't I don't know. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and hope for the best, because like in even in the letter, I had to say, like, listen, we're not going to be the best offer you're going to see. Like, we're definitely not going to be the best offer you're going to see, but we really hope you'll still give us a chance anyway. And I hope that makes a difference. And if it doesn't, that's okay. You know, they have that right and we'll move on to the next one. But um, it's interesting. It's like couples and people selling their home these days are profiting, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50. In this case, I think almost $60,000. 
And some of them are still trying to see how much more they can get. And I'm not trying to judge because you never know where that, that money could go to paying off your student loans. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Um, but it's 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 interesting. It's an interesting experience. Maybe they had to pay through the nose to get yeah. their house or you, you don't you don't know. Um, but yeah. And, and you you know, I like to look at the world as hopefully that. Things the universe will find its balance, and you'll get some money unexpectedly in your direction because of this this home market that you're shopping in. I mean, over the long haul, I like to think that you know the water, the karma finds its level, especially for like decent human beings like us. I was telling Amanda today that um yeah that that your offer was accepted, and quite I told her I was like she said is it the house that you showed me? I said I've showed you everyone, so I don't know what you've seen and what you remember back and forth like you send me something i send it over her way right she said she she had no concept of you writing a letter she didn't she's never come across anything like that before oh really so did she did she get an offer accepted yes oh nice she was not part of the windfall of sellers in this market though because she lives out in the middle of nowhere in delta so she's just watching everybody else have like Scrooge McDuck money rained down on them for their, you know, $100,000 home and to the numbers that you said. So she got, you know, I'm sure she made money off of it but between like the settlement and her husband, but not like what you're going through and giving others right now because of where her home is located. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and that's, I mean, then that's the entire point of writing the letter. Like we don't have the most attractive loan. It can cause people to just say no right out of the gate. And then we don't have the ability to offer that much over asking and we need them to pay for closing costs in 2017 and 2018. That's completely normal. Those concessions. But in 2021, if you have an offer and you're asking for closing and concessions, it's ugly. And so we had to, you know, we took their asking price and we said, hey, we're willing to give you exactly what you asked for Add a thousand dollars to that. And then and then we'll offer over that to cover our closing costs if you agree. So you're at least going home with your asking price, but we can't give you anything over that. And here's why. And also here's who we are. <laughs> like, Dearest seller, we are, <laughs> we are the modern day version of the bucket family. As mama <laughs> stirs the laundry in the cauldron of hot water each day as we slave away on our 18 hour days. It, it, I mean, it was like, it. yeah, it was, I'm glad that I got feedback on what I wrote. Because I felt like, like, even when I read it, I cry. Maybe I'll read it on the podcast after we're all done with the housing process. But, like, even when I read it, I cry. So I can't imagine how other people feel. But it really is our life. Like, <laughs> it really is. It's totally fair to do. Um, you should hang, yeah. if, if that letter works, when that letter works, frame that thing. Or get, <laughs> get it notarized. Or make a copy and give it to the seller. And do something special with it. Thomas would never want to see that letter a day in his life. So I won't be able to do it. But, yeah, you know. there's that. There's that. Yeah. Um, God, where to start? Where to start? Where to start? Um, so there's so many things to get to today, but nothing like as important as that for you. But I'll throw some things out there. Um, we got Indian food on Friday night from Ooh, the, from where? The Jewel of Toledo. I've never had them. I've heard really good things. I've only had tandoor. So we tried uh, tandoor, uh, tandoori. Or, yeah, I forget if there's an eye on it or not. But so we tried that is. spot and then Star of India. Both were closed um, after 8 o'clock. So not a big no. deal. 
Um, uh, <coughs> so we wound up with the Jewel of Toledo and wasn't great. Oh, no. What'd you um, get? I forget, but it wasn't great. What she got was more of what I was hoping for, but it, it wasn't it wasn't great. It was okay, but it wasn't it didn't feel like off it's like if you get Mexican and somebody yeah. shows up at your house with like a taco bell. <laughs> um, Del Taco. Yeah. So then the next the next night, um I was like, You still need to have your 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 Indian food quelled, your thirst for it. So she got Star of India. I didn't get anything. Um, but that was, I tried some of hers and it was delicious. Like as soon as she opened up the to-go really? plate, like you could smell the curry going into oh, the ventilation system. I love the smell of curry so much. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was well, I think it was well worth it to go after it again. And I, I spoke to a, a food maven friend and she said she likes the Jewel of Toledo, but she had also mentioned that the buffet, and I guess the buffet is, is the go-to thing there. Oh, interesting. I'll have to go one day. You know, I, I've not branched out of Tandoori because they have my, like, mango chicken curry. It's yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. so good. So good. Um, I got my second dose on Saturday. Yes. Tell me about it. I was prepared to get hammered because um, everybody that I had come across was like, yeah, had had some degree of... Side effects, fever, chills, um, fatigue. And I thought maybe I ran a little bit of a low fever when I got home in the afternoon, but nothing. Um, it felt like my, like, it felt like a, my my left arm was beaten up, was beaten, <laughs> battered, and bruised. It was far more painful in the shot area this time than the first time. But other than that, not not a degree of a fever, Jesus. not an ache of nothing. And I don't even, I had to go to the, I had to go to my doctor today to get, start getting these B12 shots. I didn't even want to ask because I don't think anybody knows the answer as to why some people deal. I, I think he mentioned generally, and I saw this too, younger people have more side effects than older people, but it's different with everybody. So trust me, I'm thankful I didn't get hit with all those um, side effects. And now, uh, I guess I can do as I please for six months. I wonder if it's more sickly people that get it too. Cause I feel like I'm always sick with something except this last year. I haven't been at all. Um, so like Thomas had this cold before I did and I'm getting it way worse than he did. You know what I mean? So I wonder if it's more like people who are more prone to getting colds, like getting real extreme colds or stomach flus or things like that are the ones that couldn't handle the vaccine. Maybe, uh, Maybe you should get a 15-year mortgage because who knows if you're going to make 30. <laughs> so off air, I'll have to tell you the story about that. It's actually really funny, um, but we can't talk about it on the air or on okay. the podcast. Um, so that night, so Amanda has just been in her feels like there's a lot going on in her life. Yeah. She's been crying a lot. So um, I'm like, we whatever you want to watch, like it's all you. And, um. She wanted to watch, or she said, she brought up the Downton Abbey movie. And I was like, whatever you want. And I, I found it because it was on HBO Max. So I popped it on. And I'd never seen the show before. Um, and I didn't like it. There was there was one guy in it from Game of Thrones. And the the butler, Carson. Uh-huh. You remember him? Yeah, I know Carson. 
he uh, he voiced a Transformer in the last Transformers movie, and he has a, a very distinctive voice. Uh-huh. That kept me inter- interested. And I saw that Matthew Good was in in the cast. Do you know who he is? Name a movie that he's in that I would know. You see, you did see the Watchmen movie, right? Mm, yes, but not recently. Okay, never mind. So he's in that, um, and he's been in some other very good roles, and he doesn't show up until the very end. Um, it was a, I found it very dull and uninteresting, <laughs> and I know that, you know, I'm supposed to be blown away by Maggie Smith, but I didn't see any of the Harry Potter movies. I just found it very uninteresting, and what I kept thinking was, this movie was made purely for a money grab. I mean, every movie is, but... I don't you tell me, did the series need a movie? Did you enjoy the movie? I enjoyed the movie and I enjoyed the series. And I think the gap between when the series ended and the, they made the movie, it wasn't necessarily a money grab. It reminds me of like um, when they decided to make Sex in the City movies after the series had ended and like we just craved it so much. We missed it. So they knew that there was going to be like an audience of people who would be willing to watch this um, and kind of put a, put a button on all the stories. That might have also been why it was not as entertaining to you because, like, I hate to say this, the ugly sister is, like, is the highest ranked out of the entire family. And, like, if you watch the show, you see the journey of the ugly sister and, like, how difficult of a time she had, you know, being in the shadow of her pretty sister who's lost her husband and all of this stuff. So um, I loved it. I, I, But, you know, even Thomas watched Downton Abbey with me. I binged it last year, maybe, or the year before that. And um, so when we saw the movie, when the movie came out, we went to go see it. I took my mom. Stuff like that is perfect for the streaming age. Yeah. Which is why the uh, the Snyder Cut finally found the light of day. You you talk about the sisters and stuff, and I, I was far more invested in the in the house staff than it was the family. I mean, at yes. least with the movie, like the, the way they handled the the page of the backstairs or whatever the hell it was called was yes. far more intriguing than any of the family drama. But I get it. I didn't have the context. Yeah, yeah. And the, the well, the house staff are really good storylines, too. And the, the one couple I do enjoy very much. I forget who they I can't tell you their names, but I enjoy the, them. The one butler who was clearly wanting to marry the woman who was like a chef or something. Yeah, no, those are young people. The yes. older, the older couple, the the butler who had, I want to say he had, he injured his leg in the war. I know that. So he ha- he like Got walked it. with a cane. I don't know who that was. Yeah, they have a really good story. And I was interested to bring it up to you because I I don't know I feel like you you told told me you watched it before and then I and then I as I was thinking about it, I was like not a damn person of color in this whole thing (laughs) like not even like a token one not a token um high class person from london not not the lowest of the way none no and that's like that's where I, i still enjoy shows like that when i'm not really paying attention but that's why like when bridgerton came out i was in i was so for it because it's like Roles like that will never get to be played by people of color because historically they weren't represented in that time or that wasn't the positions that they held. So that means actors and actresses won't get the honor of acting next to Maggie Smith or being nominated for an Oscar for a boring ass movie that always gets nominated for Oscars. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was a 
I forget what the Tom Hardy show on FX was like four years ago. And he made it with his dad, and there was supposed to be a second season, and it never happened. There were, and I don't, I don't think it was historical, but there were black people cast in that. So, I mean, there's always room somewhere, but hey, if it's, I mean, you don't have to put people in. I mean, it's, it's your project. And sure. Clearly, people like that show a great deal, and, and you got your movie out of it. I, and I enjoyed it. I did watch, however, The Nevers. So I watched that. Loved it. Okay, so perfect. I wanted to bring that up next. I had forgotten <laughs> that it was on last night. But it's, Me too. But it's the first thing I'm watching tonight. So will I be will I be drawn in? I think you will be drawn in. I think you'll like it. I like it. It's, it's, um, I don't know if it can be like the next Game of Thrones that I think that the goal is. Um, like their next big fantasy series but I am extremely entertained by it and I hope that they continue to build on it. I love that how, it, you know, how it involves women and in what roles women play in the film. So, or in the show, is so I'm it, all for it. Is, uh, is it like it's Victorian era, So like late 19th century and they're, they're kind of detectives or it's, it's a mystery, right? Isn't that the 18th century, late 18th, 19th century. So the 1800s. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, no, they're, uh, they're not detectives, but they're certainly like um, they're investigators, but not in like a Sherlock Holmes kind of way. Not in the like a where people come to them, I feel like, and tell them. I don't think it's like a Sherlock Holmes kind of thing. Okay. But they are investigators of a certain kind of people. I have to get back into the Irregulars, which I never kept going with. Yeah, um, me either. <laughs> it's been so nice. I just haven't been in a TV mood. Uh, but I, I like that time period a, a great deal. So I'm looking forward to this. And actually, um, whether it's a good show or a show that I like or not aside, I'm curious to see if this can get through the sludge of bad publicity surrounding Joss Whedon. Because um, I think he was forced to leave or asked to leave or left on his own volition in the making of the show sometime last fall. And oh, wow. he's obviously not had a word of good press or nice things said about him in quite some time. And every time Ray Fisher talks, it's another <laughs> slamming of Joss Whedon. I just need him to stop <laughs> at this point. But I'm curious to see if this show can get any momentum. And if it does, when Joss Whedon's name gets brought up, can people, if they despise him for how he treated some people, um, can they look past that and enjoy the television show? I believe so. I don't think Josh, the story of Josh Whedon and Ray Fisher and the accusations really go that far. Like I, like I feel like maybe 25% of the audience may know and correlate that with this show and the rest are just watching it because it's a good show. Like I didn't even know until you just told me this was related to Josh Whedon. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're probably right. Um, more black people stuff. <laughs> DMX and help me out here. Um, it was maybe a month or so ago when I had told you uh, that the Temple basketball coach, John Chaney, he, he died. Passed away. Uh -huh. and, it, and, it, and it deeply affected me. Yeah. In similar ways, this has as well. And I haven't quite been able to put my, my finger on why, other than he was a big hip-hop star when my career in radio and the media and DJing began. Or maybe it's because he was like, the first what I would call, and this is, this is probably inaccurate, first gangster rapper that I got into because I was too young for NWA and Public Enemy. Yeah. And by the time, you know, Dr. Dre and Snoop 
moved on from those places. Like, they were pop stars. Yeah. Like, here was DMX with this growl and these angry lyrics, and I loved it. And it was very sad to to see the way he, he left far too early. And then reading up, like, I, I, I regretted what I said last week. I'm like, this dude did some bad things. Well, clearly he had a... A horrific upbringing, and, and as yeah. we always talk about, he what he became was a product of how he was raised and what he grew up as. So I absolve him of many of the things that he is guilty of. And I think he had, like, obviously we know that there's drug use involved. And I really, I actually really like how his story is being told right now. I'm seeing a lot of um, DMX has died at, you know, because of a heart attack, not because of an overdose. Like, I don't see a lot of people talking about the overdose. Um, a lot of media outlets, at least they're talking about he passed away from a heart attack. You know, I feel like that's taking the um, it's adding dignity to his story, which I find to be a little strange considering they'll give DMX dignity, not to say he doesn't deserve it, but I just wouldn't expect that from, you know, journalists and people who want to write about what's happening. But I know he came to his drug use in a really unfortunate way, which a lot of people do. And and you're right. Like there's life and life circumstances that bring you to certain decisions that you make that you really would not make had you had the ability to live a different life. Yeah. I don't want to overanalyze how the cause of his death, like you just did, um, because I, I remember at the heart of it was it was a heart attack, but in big glowing letters was caused by an overdose. Right. And the early... Again, I live in a good ecosystem, so I'm happy about this. And people were like, okay, this is this is horrific, but at least it will bring light to, you know, another celebrity that people around our age who was beloved died right. died because of an overdose. And yeah. we can continue to take the stigma away from that. But either way, um, he gets dignity and and more people understanding anybody can can, can succumb to an overdose. Yeah. And I think that a lot of I'm finding a lot more people are like broken up about DMX. I think I missed him by a generation, like just in general. I think I just missed the the um, age where I really like would have been affected by it. But I think a lot of the people that I know are probably had like some really good moments with his music where they're enjoying themselves with friends or relating to it on a deeper level or you know what I mean? So there's I can, I can understand. I, it, it reminds me of when, like, when our parents found out Luther Vandross died and it was like awful, awful. You know, it, it, you would think it was a family friend. Yeah. Well, music is an indelible emotional part of our lives. Um, any kind of art can ingrain itself in who we are. Like I said, it was, he was like the hip hop. I Like while I grew up in, in, in my business in the boy band era mm-hmm. and, you know, the next iteration of bubblegum pop, the other side of that was DMX yeah. and Jay-Z and dudes like that. And the, the DMX music was was great. That's why last last week I wanted to run through all those songs that, man, <laughs> it's what I liked, but he had other really great songs besides Party Up, White People. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't a generation for you. It was no more than five years because I did that exercise again on Friday, because he passed away with Bethany and Philip, and Bethany was like, "No, it, love it. No, it, love it. No, it, love it." But she was in that dance culture, so he was an important part of what she did as a young woman. I suppose, yeah. No, I agree. I just found myself to be a little bit too young to enjoy anything that wasn't played on like Radio Disney. 
at the time. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even going to lie. Like I just, you know, it just wasn't what I was allowed to listen to, probably because of what he was rapping about. But there's right. Thomas Thomas and I clearly have different taste in music that was uh, made, you know, in the late 90s because I wasn't allowed to listen to a ton of it. I wonder if any of his songs were made into radio Disney versions or <laughs> Kids I mean, Bop. I, yeah. I, guess, I didn't listen to Kids Bop though. I would guess Party Up had to be on one of the Now CDs, but that would probably sure. be the only one. I'm sure. Um, what was the. Uh, oh, so I told my dad over the weekend um, that I'm passively looking for a third dog. You are? I thought I told you this. I guess not. No! Yeah, and Lisa from the Humane Society put one on hold for me on Thursday. I was like, I can't get over there tonight. Tomorrow's bad. I'm like, thank you, but... And I'm I'm, I'm hoping this dog got adopted. Her name is Xenia. <coughs> uh-huh. She was part of some horrific situation where there was like 30 pets in the house. Oh, no. So now is the time for me to do it because it's spring and I can housebreak the dog. Yes. And... Um, with the age of the boys, um, I just want to make sure when Andre's a little older, there's another dog around. And it's, it's not an immediate thing, but now is the time of year to do it. And I told my dad. And he, he gave me the tone that he probably gives to my brother. My brother, who literally buys four to six new cars to <laughs> a him. A year. A year. <laughs> and... He, I, I said, Dad, how do you? F-? And I, I've stopped asking my dad this question because my brother has had dozens of vehicles. He's not rich; he can just he knows Donald Trump, art of the deal, or something. Yeah. And I said, Dad, how, like in 2015, I would be like, Dad, how do you feel about this? And he would say, Well, your brother's an adult now; he can spend his own money. And my dad gave me nearly that I that exact line when I told him about the dog. He's like, Well, you're an adult now. I'm like, Yes, Dad, I am. And I said, What do you think could possibly go wrong with me having a third dog? Why do I get that tone from you? I am so used to that tone. My mom is the exact same way because she she put she has a history of pointing out the negative first and I've essentially scolded her for it every time. So now it's just like, well you're an adult. This is your decision. Um, I don't know. I, you know what? I don't know. Maybe he thinks that there would be too many dogs for you to care for. Like, I'm trying to think of what my mom would say. She would say, well, now you have another mouth to feed. I know when we got Petey, it was, you're only in a one bedroom apartment. And everybody that ever told me not to get Petey was correct. I live in a zoo. It smells like a zoo. It looks like a zoo. I'm not getting my deposit back. So you're right. Everybody's right. Have, have fun with that. I don't know. I don't know what Barry would think with that. And I do value his judgment because I think back to times in my life before when I bought car, usually buying cars, um, he would say, well, it's your money. And I was like, I know, but you're my dad and you're right. better with money than me. Oh my God. But, so he has, but I've, I've improved the amount of times I've needed to hear from that from him in, in many years now. This is the first time I, I heard it in a long time. I was just surprised because it's not a big financial investment. It's everything aside from that that would be the problem. So, Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I think that's just the, I think that's perpetual mom and dad tone. Like yeah. they don't, they may not even have a bad thought in their mind. They're just like, well, do what you want. Where, you know, you just don't expect them to get excited anymore. <laughs> You know, where you you really want them to get excited and give their input. And they're like, "Mm, no, that's cool. Good for you. What would be the downsides? Um, I'm going to I'm going to find a way to get a three dog tether. 
Um, so I'll alleviate having like having like octopus arms with dogs, and <laughs> I will be as careful as I possibly can that the dog doesn't tear anything up or mm. pee on anything. Maybe the downside is like, where does it end? The thought could be like, where does it stop, Eric? At three! At three! <laughs> you probably said that at two. I know I did. Um, but like, where does it end? You know? At three. What about fostering? What about being a foster home? Um, do, doable. I've considered that. Okay. But I guess I don't want to be hypnotized by this dog is well-behaved or this one isn't because yeah. whichever one I adopt, like there's no go. I mean, unless it's an absolute terror, I'm keeping the dog. Right. Okay. So, um, okay. I okay. did not know this. This is exciting. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, kind of loosely tied to that very loosely. Um, magic Mike, Bethany's dad is truly magical. <laughs> Because I was expecting to pay several thousand dollars in taxes, and I'm getting a small refund. So, um, anything anybody's ever heard me laud TurboTax before, I take it all back. There's a high probability that I have been overpaying in recent years. So, I'm stunned and astonished. So, for a very small fee, and uh, I'm going to get him another bottle of Fireball. This was a good tax year. Oh, he's a tax preparer? He's an accountant. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Maybe I'll use him next year if I'm in a house. I'm sure I'll, it'll be confusing how to prepare my damn taxes. My dad told me, and so I'm throwing all this nonsense out, but I think you have to itemize and do deductions to a certain point. Yeah. To tap into being a homeowner. But I'll ask Magic Mike that for, like, when we wrap this up, I'll be like, now that I'm a homeowner, homeowner, should I be saving receipts for anything? Blah, 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 blah. Like, a lot of people can write off their work stuff. Especially if you're work from home these days. I'm just so, I'm so incredibly lazy, and I need not to be. When I did my taxes this year, there were so many, like, medical things that I could have written off. Like, purchases that I made or appointments that I had to go to. Um, dentist, you know what I mean? Like all of those things that I could have written off and I didn't because I was just too lazy to remember it, to think about it or save the receipt. So maybe that's the next step of adulting. Like I'm, I'm in different phases of adult life. I'm not in the tax preparer one. I'll just pay for free, wind up spending 150 bucks anyway on my tax preparer and then get my little return back and spend it. <laughs> there you go. That's what I do. Um, We'll get to uh, the mistreatment of black people in a moment here. Uh, there was an article in The Blade, and they've kind of, di- they've kind of did a, a loose rundown of um, thing, like usual events, annual events, and where they stand at the moment. Interesting. So, no Memorial Day parade in Toledo, but there will be a ceremony, as there should be, um, for what that, that day means. Sylvania will have a parade. Lunch at Levis, the food trucks, will begin June 3rd. That's happening. The Friday night shows at Prometica, up in the air right now. Um, those might I, be like last minute things. I hope so. I need them to happen. I really enjoyed my, I love, I love it down there with the nice weather and it's on the water and it's not too crowded. I need that, that to happen. They, they might be like, those promoters might get a call two days out and go, hey, we've got an opening. And 
Bang. Um, no old West End Festival. We already knew that. The 4th of July fireworks are, no pun intended, up in the air. Um, <laughs> the county fairs, uh, July 12th through the 18th, Lucas County, Wood County, uh, 2nd through the 9th of August, they will return. Um, but I'm curious to see if they follow what's happening at the state fair. Um, the rib-off will happen. There's no, oh, pride, nice. there's no pride parade, but they're expecting to do a scaled-down pride event. Uh, good luck with that. Um, and as of now, the Apple Butter, Butter Festival and the Zombie Crawl are on, but as you should expect, um, everything is kind of like up in the air, fluid, and at the very worst, tentative. Some of the bigger um, events absolutely need to be up in the air, like Pride, uh, German American Festival. Like I can, Im- I understand why there's probably not a lot of conversation about that. And in my opinion, all eyes are on Michigan right now and what the hell that's going to turn into, because um, I think it could really affect us in Northwest Ohio very much. I agree. I uh, when I was at my doctor appointment today, his son is a baseball fan. Yeah. And I said, are you guys going to head up to uh, Comerica to watch any games when his son's favorite team comes in? He's like, you've seen the Michigan numbers lately. I'm <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, we're going to wait and see how all that shakes out. And I, the other day, I think it was Friday, Governor Whitmer was like, if I were you, I would make schools go remote. Um, I'm sure people will um, say that she is... She's backing off, and she's trying to regain some political capital. And maybe she is by taking a lighter touch rather than just shutting things down, which she probably has the right to do, Uh even though the lawsuits will happen. Um, Because Governor DeWine kind of did this, I think, maybe in the spring or summer, where he was like, if he gave like the uh, the parent thing, if this room isn't cleaned up. Right. So I kind of commend Governor Whitmer for doing that in the sense that, granted, there could be blood on her hands because the buck always stops with the person in charge. But it's like, here, it's on you. If you if you want to spread this virus, fine. And when it and when and if it spreads and lives are lost, guess what? You are going back down into the basement, and there will be some serious serious consequences. So I can I can applaud that. Well, her life was also put at risk with a plot for her murder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that's the difference between Governor Whitmer and some of the other governors that had the same kind of actions as her. Um, she has had to deal with a large amount of, um, like... Um, crazy, crazy white men. Right, risk. Absolutely. I just think there's more of them in Michigan than there. There's more, like, backwoods, um, like, conspiracy-thinking white guys in Michigan than maybe in Ohio. Um, so it's, it's a different kind. And I think maybe in Michigan, they're a lot more rebellious. We had them here. Remember that's we why, do. Doc, that's we why do. Dr. Amy stepped yeah. down from her position. And you know, you bring up a great point. They're not doing this to dudes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's white dudes in their, in their fake militias doing this to women, which is awful. It is absolutely awful. Sorry, I keep muting it so I can cough and it won't be on the podcast. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, with that said, so I think the breaking news was the uh, the black person that was shot in Minneapolis amid oh the, 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 the Chauvin trial. Um, it looks like the latest is the officer actually wanted to tase him, but Ugh. he pulled out the wrong weapon. So the, like, the fact that that even is coming out this early and not trying to be buried is shocking like i don't understand what they're maybe this is going to be really cut and dry and they're like we fucked up this doesn't have anything to do with race um we just fucked up we killed somebody and we shouldn't have killed somebody i don't think think he's dead i think he was just shot 
He. This is the. No, guy he's dead. Wait, what's his name? It, hold on. I, let's make sure because I didn't see that he died. No, he's dead. You talking about? Are we talking about Virginia or, or no, Minnesota? No, Minnesota. Yeah. No, I think he's dead. He he was in a car accident. No, he got pulled over because of his. He got pulled over because he had air fresheners hanging in his window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why I don't understand. Like, <laughs> like, wow, this came out early. They're trying to get ahead of it. Clearly. Yeah. Um. And and you know what? After this, I was going back and forth because I watched parts of the video from the weekend about what happened in Virginia, and. This morning, I saw that the, the officer was fired, and I was like, okay. I was back and forth. And right. then I watched the entire video, and now <clears throat> this. You know what? You can't do it. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds like sci-fi, but it's time for robot cops. Because <laughs> the human ones, I mean, look, these are the, can you imagine how many of these have happened that were not on camera until body cams and yeah. people with their phones? How many of these happened and and I am com- we've talked about this before we've we've heard this from you know the police people that we've talked about we understand these people are in some harrowing threatening situations but you are the apex you are expected to be the apex of good judgment and yep. granted this stuff was back in December but you still had plenty of context to know what's going on like could this person like okay he's got no plate he's an elusive evasion or whatever, however he called it in, like, that's very subjective. Uh-huh. And then I, okay, so the guy wanted to go over where it was well lit. And that make that's good for both parties. But just the word that's been kicked around all morning properly so is escalation. And at the, yeah, very, yeah. and at the very least, when the guy was not compliant, and granted, in the same way that an officer has to, to consider that every time he puts that uniform on, his he could his life could end. I I understand that. And people that have been in those situations before that rewires your DNA into your future decision making, uh, like what what transpired in this video. And if he's not getting out, and he even said, "I'm afraid to get out," like there's context has been established. Right. But as soon as one of these dudes sees an army uniform, that guy's got. That guy's got to get every benefit of the doubt, right? So, no, I have learned from experience that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you present or how respectful you speak to someone. If you are coming across an officer like that, you will always be treated like a dog. It doesn't matter. And so when I saw that, it, only because I've, I've experienced that before, um, where I'm like, okay, let me do this and let me do that so that I'm not spoken to disrespectfully by a cop because it does enrage me in a way that I don't have a lot of control over myself because I, I don't understand why that's happening. And in his case, you're like, okay, he's black, but he's in a military uniform. Military uniform does not trump his blackness, unfortunately. It, it does not matter who you can be the most educated, you can be a doctor, you can have developmental delays like the young boy who was autistic, and you can still be shot dead by a cop who can't get their shit together. Not all of them, not all of them, but by some that can't get their shit together. And in this case, like, you could tell that these cops were fucking up because the other one who had the gun on him looked physically uncomfortable, not the one who was shouting, the one that... Yeah, because the white guy is the one that approached him first and he didn't want to get out of the vehicle. But you know what? If 
for the people, and I, I kind of sided with this for a long time. It's like, just listen to them. But having seen what we've seen for so many years, I get it. Like if You don't I, know what you're going to get. I, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this vehicle and die. Yeah, you don't you don't know what you're going to get. And then I saw like some of the later footage and the officer, the one that got fired, um, was speaking to him respectfully at that point. That should have happened from the very beginning. Right. It shouldn't have escalated to the point that it did by the officer, not by the guy. Um, and then and then you're speaking to him like a normal human being, man to man, giving him that respect. That should have happened from the very beginning. And I can like I personally have had experiences where those things didn't happen. Thomas has had experiences where those things didn't happen. My brother, maybe you like it's, it's you know, it's not always a race thing. The majority of the time it is, but it's not always It's a power thing. It's a power, ego, pride, all of that. Absolutely. Um, I'm troubled because, again, these things keep happening. And that's why it sounds ludicrous. Yeah. But human being, like I always say, uh, women aren't too emotional. People are too emotional. And they are completely a product of their experiences. Like going back to, to DMX. Not that we need to reset that table or anything. But how many more times is this going to happen? I mean, we can't replace people with robots at this very second. But yeah. At some point, we have to consider it because because we can't keep having this happen because there are too many ingrained biases in people where we have these horrific situations. You should, any person, to your point, no person should be concerned about complying with a police officer. Mm-hmm. Should be that, con- afraid of their life. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that, and that, similarly, that officer, I guess at least in situations like this, should not enter the situation thinking I'm encountering someone who could kill me or at the very least guilty of a traffic violation. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, again, we don't know the beginning of this video. Whatever he ran or no plates, it's dark, tinted windows. I mean, it's just a, a recipe for disaster. Again, that's why I encourage robots. Non-biased, completely objective things. And again, that's completely irrational and ludicrous and maybe a century off. But how many more how many more of these do we have to see? How many more have there been? It's it was it was awful. And the most telling thing was the officer didn't didn't uh lower his voice at all. No. He just got he went from like fifty decibels to a hundred and stayed there. And the initial cop who started the confrontation, he couldn't get the guy out of the vehicle. I get it. He raised his voice and I I had your text in my head as the other guy who got fired continued to get more and more confrontational. The white cop was beginning to not be able to hold that shit in his pants. (laughs) You could literally see it on his face because like this is the age that we live in and these kinds of behaviors shouldn't be happening anymore. The fact that he was freaked out is a good thing because he clearly knows better. Like he may have even made a mistake, but at the very least, he knows better. This older guy, this cop that looks like he, like I, I, I right now, just because we're triggered by it, like he certainly can't run a, ha- a mile and a half in 15 minutes. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like this other cop, <clears throat> it, you know, it, he's just, he's, it, it, he's done and he shouldn't be um, an officer. And I am very curious. And this might be something that's happening right now. This is a very good opportunity for researchers um, and, and, 
educators to get in there and try to make some try to come up with some sort of plan to work with police departments in hiring and what are you looking for you know beyond just a um you know you take your physical agility you have your physical health test and then you have your psychological exam beyond those things you know like what what needs to be done so you can weed out the people that are going into policing for the power not to help the community or keep people safe or um, ask Thomas about like three Chicago PD episodes ago. <laughs> All the officers had to answer questions about what they've done, who they've arrested. How do you feel about black? black they just had a psychological evaluation. Yeah. And uh, it's probably important to have that for police officers who've been on the force for three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. Because right. the white guy was clearly like, okay, we fucked up. The other guy, who has probably been in numerous confrontations, probably with some very dangerous people, his fight or flight kicked in. And that's the problem with human beings. Like, that's going to happen unless you can psychologically fix them or take them off their jobs. I, I, I know we're being very critical here, but it was another we awful are. situation. Yeah. And I don't know what the fix is. And, and I think that, I think you make a really good point, especially when you are... And off, when you've been an officer for five or more years and you may be serving a community that is predominantly one race, you know, and you like you're rarely going to a scene where there isn't a problem that you have to find a way to deescalate and or fix. And that can be taxing. It can be taxing and you're still a human being. So it's hard for you not to be jaded over time and that it could be potentially um, unintentionally directed towards certain groups of people or people who fit the um, physical description of the majority of the people that you might be interacting with on a daily basis because of wrongdoings. And so you do need to continue to do that maintenance for yourself so that this shit doesn't happen. And I don't know how much maintenance is mandated. It should be. Yeah, like uh, like any other job, mostly in corporations, I'm sure... You love part of your job, except when you've got to do by uh, every six month training or whatever right. it may be. Uh, I I don't I don't know, but you might need a lot more citizens commissions and with with a lot of criminologists, psychologists, right. because when you when you got pe people dealing with people and one of those people has has a weapon and another person is not a a white person, mm -hmm. it can become problematic um it's yeah. it's, an, it's an awful situation uh, and I, I one thing i kept wondering and we don't have to keep going with this because we've gotten our points across is i'm like okay he's not getting out you yelling at him to get out is not getting him out and everybody knows it's going to be bad if he reaches to take his seatbelt off or if it, <laughs> why would right we, why didn't somebody call for backup they were even yanking at the door. They were trying to open the door, but it was locked. And I agree, like there was no call for that we know of. There was no call for backup. He wasn't getting out. And in, and like he was just like, wait a minute, stop yelling. Like I found that to be so funny because he was the, the officer was the one being talked to like a five year old. Stop yelling for a minute. What is happening? What's going on? You know what I mean? And I, I don't think there's any problem with that. Like there isn't any problem with that. I th I don't know the, the legalities of this, but I, I'm fairly certain that some of this uh, this army medic's civil liberties were violated. I don't know yeah. what you're he, clearly a black person knows their rights when during a, a, a 
a traffic stop, stop a traffic uh-huh. stop than a white person does because you you need to like list them like you, you know your kids names yeah. um whether or not he's got to get out or anything like that isn't one thing that's i guess fairly common is like lick listen stop yelling i will you can escort me to, in my vehicle to the police station and Okay, so the officer's like, well, thinking in the back, well, what if he's a murderous drug dealer? He's just going to drive off. Well, fine. You're not going to get far, but that works out to the benefit of everybody. Granted, he could be a murderous drug dealer and run off and kill somebody, but, <coughs> I mean, your job is de-escalation, and if he's yeah. not getting out and you're, you're keeps... Like, again, th- this reminded me of, like, when it's 4.30 and I'm home and Andre hasn't eaten, I can tell him I'm not feeding you as many times... As I want, mm-hmm. he will get his way. This was different. Like the cop just saying over and over again, like we're going around in circles here. You know what? Exactly. And I had an incident where I got pulled over in Bowling Green and it was completely different. I could not drive. My, apparently, I guess my tags were, I don't know if there was a warrant out for my arrest or what, but they had to like tow my car. And instead of towing my car, they just took my license plates and escorted me and my brother back to his house. So my brother came and got me, they let him drive the car and they followed us back to make sure that that was where we were going. They were really respectful. They literally, when I explained to them what was going on, they believed me. And it was a, it was a really good experience. I was still fucking terrified though, the entire time and embarrassed. Um, so, you know, we all have different experiences, but these it's just unfortunate that there's more and more like this coming. And I would say we should be careful because if more police stuff is coming forward, I feel like it's only a matter of time before the Toledo incident goes national that these two officers sexually are. I feel especially with the unions, if they continue to talk about unions and like, you know, union protections and all of that, I feel like it might gain traction for a day or two. I don't think so. I, uh, think I was actually going to bring up with you. You see, uh, the chief had some comments. He said, I guess he was thinking he would have fired them, but he felt an arbitrator would have overturned the firings. I'm sorry. He said what? He said he would have fired them or uh, he would have understood going down that path I, I don't want to twist his words sure but he was certain that if they were fired an arbitrator would have overturned that and that's garbage like I don't put that on the chief I put that on the arbitrator and anybody who is stonewalling bad behavior but the okay so I understand and again if we don't know that that's exactly what he said then I won't like you know criticize too harshly for that but like that doesn't mean you don't do it anyway you know you've done your part and there's things that you don't have control over, but there are things that you do have control over. And so it should maybe it should have been done anyway. And if that got overturned or if they had protections and that couldn't have gone forward, at the very least, you made that step because you knew that that was the right thing to do and, compared to just like falling back because you know it's not going to happen anyway. And you lengthen the lifespan of this thing so that maybe it does get picked up picked up by a by a bigger outlet so it becomes more of a story and okay the arbitrator says i'm overturning this but after the pain that these two human beings have caused others and some of the shame they decide to leave their jobs sure yeah i just i don't i hope it doesn't pick up traction but i wouldn't be surprised if it did and it'll be really unfortunate because like we i have always said the toledo police department is fantastic chief crawl is fantastic that's why i didn't want to like criticize him too harshly but um that would be disappointing if the if it did get picked up nationally because i think it would not reflect well but it won't get picked up and go far it just might receive some national attention um 
one last thing that I think is decent news. Um, so the bill that the governor passed in January that will allow us to continue to take drinks to go from places mm-hmm. also includes alcohol delivery. Via like DoorDash or? Uh, I'm not certain of the mechanics of it and if there's a place that serves alcohol, but um, they might not be doing it, but you can now order alcohol. I think the language was as long as, 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 long as it's in the original container, you can have it delivered. I'm going to need um, like pizza places to pick up on that because like when you're watching a game or you're having friends over pizza and beer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like pick up on that, get package deals going where you buy two large pizzas, get a six ca- six pack for free. You know what I mean? Or a 12 pack discounted something. Do it. That's great. Yeah. Pizza and beer. Um, it, it should help out a lot of establishments who've dealt with a lot of loss over the last year. Big so. slice. Do it. Big slice. Can you do me one more favor? Yeah. Can you let people know that the emergency mortgage assistance program has been extended through the end of the month? Like, as in share it on my Facebook? Whatever. Just let anybody know and maybe people that that you you come across. Did you know about it? I did know that it was extended. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew that it was extended, but isn't there criteria to be selected? There is. But when I was talking to the housing commissioner last week, I was like... How are you going to know that somebody's problems are due to COVID? Mm-hmm. And she can't kind of gave me like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing. Like oh. it's probably because of COVID. And, you know, if it's that obvious, they deserve to get caught. But um, it doesn't, I don't, I didn't get the sense that many people would be refused. So nice. I, I don't know why I thought that it was like there's an, a program, but they can only help like 20 families. It's 150. And you have to have like some forbearance, okay. miss, miss mortgage payments, but they can help people out for six months. <gasps> wow. Yeah, I'll share that. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. And um, Tiffany was nice to have on. I'll try to uh, track. I was told to call Judge Navarre's office. Oh, yeah. I haven't, um, like I said, she's on our board. I've only met her a couple times. She toured the center once and then we've been in a couple meetings before, but not to the point where I feel like she would know who I was, but she's, she is a lovely person. I do know that. Okay. It was great to read that story. I thought of us yeah. immediately. I'm looking forward to that. To be honest, I'm curious. So it sounds like they're partnering with Unison for something like that. I've seen so much success in when it comes to drug court. So this is just mental health court. So it's drug court, but for mental health court. And um, I think it's absolutely necessary. I, I'm very excited for it. Another reason why Toledo, I feel like Lucas County is really up there as far as progressive um, solutions to huge issues. Might actually not need a new jail if you're not putting people away all the time. Exactly. Um, last thing. So Saturday morning, I had my orientation for being on, on the ZEF board. You're on the ZEF board? Yes. Congratulations. I didn't make a big deal out of it because I wanted to see like what I was getting myself into. They have a female executive director. Yeah, Deb Flores. I met Deb a couple yes. times. She's great. From what I know, she's a great lady. She seems... I've met her a couple times. She's really nice. Yeah, she's a good person. Um, my therapist is on their board. He connected me with her. I had coffee with her a couple of years ago and we talked business. And I was like, okay, I can ask you this. Like, what does Deb do when she goes home? She's like, I watch tons of trashy Real Housewives Me stuff. too. Me too. You need to dump your mind of all this stress from the day. But it was a two-hour orientation, and I found about 15 minutes of it interesting, and the rest 
hearing about the CFO and what he does. Oh, dear God. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. But good for you. That's that's actually really cool. Um, Deb's daughter is really nice, too. Her name's Sierra. Yeah, she's uh, she's good people. I know she's super busy with that place, having to clean up after. I think the last woman is the one who took money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, do you uh, do you have time? I'll call you now, and you can tell me about your situation. Yeah, I have time. All right, let me get this all polished up, and then I'll call you in about fifteen minutes. Okay, bye. Bye.